think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. She got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Good fam, welcome back. We finally have a full crew here in the stew tonight. After a couple of weeks of just three amigos. Got some great music to send you off to tonight, but more importantly, some hot takes on the following. We're going to cover the British Open, the current state of the ML boy. We're going to toss you some banner on Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Baker Mayfield, and the FIFA Top 10, as well as some more, including some banter and buzzer beaters. So let's just go ahead and meet the Stew crew. From the West Coast, coming back from his hiatus, Barrel Chest Grimes. How we doing, kid? We're doing good, boys. Good to be back in the Stew. Uh, let's get into it tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Next on the mic, head of productions down in Richmond, getting his PhD in swagger, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing? It's good to have a uh, full studio tonight. Feeling cozy in here. It is. A little tight, a little tight. We, we could do without this last uh, individual who almost slept through this, but uh, let's just go ahead and introduce him. Shakes, how we doing? <laughs> I am bringing the fire. <laughs> I, I literally just <laughs> just woke up from a nap. Uh, good thing I was very well prepared before that, so let's do it. Dedication, oh, baby. Nothing like a nap at 9 p.m. He's on your toes. You're telling me, dude. I actually ate like, you know, like four pounds of take out Chinese food and then just passed out. So. <laughs> that'll that'll <laughs> do it. Nice. Well, now that we're all Cheers. here, glad to have everybody back. Make sure to check us out on the gram, Twitch sit, and the book. Brand new to Facebook. We're going to continue to provide you with content and as always, Instagram and Twitter will always stay fiery. So let's just go ahead and jump right into this, boys. The Open. Harry, Brent, Tom, anyone take it away? Yeah, first off, I want to just give a quick shout-out and congratulations to Francesco Molinari, the winner. The first Italian professional to ever win a championship, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, But what's even crazier is that he didn't make a single bogey over the last 36 holes. All weekend, he played clean golf. And when you look at how, you know, Spieth and, you know, Woods and Shoffley finished, you know, they had those one or two holes that hurt themselves. So, like, you know, shout out to him uh, for, you know, keeping his head on straight. And to celebrate, I had a big plate of pasta and a little bit of wine uh, to get my Italian on. There wow, you go. There we go. Tommy Lasagna right on there. The I love it. Um, I, I got to give a quick shout out. It was a, I thought it was a great tournament overall. Uh, a lot of guys were in the mix, and there was a lot of a change at the, on, top, on top of the leaderboard. But, you know, huge shout out to uh, Eddie Pepperell, uh, who is a European tour player, doesn't even have his, his tour card. Um, guy's a 27 year old Englishman, went out and shot a 67 on Sunday, which was a course low. When obviously, if you looked at you know how Spieth played and how Shoffley and, and Tiger, you know when all, when it was all said and done, shooting a 67 was pretty tough out there. I mean, there was wind gusts up to 40 miles an hour. Uh, but to make it even better, 
the dude was hung over. The guy went out the night before because he said kind of he kind of just was like, fuck it, I'm even. The leader's at nine under. Like, I've got no chance in this thing. So he went out, had himself a night. Uh, and so I thought that was the coolest thing, man. One way to earn followers is to become like, like humanize yourself or to get fans and followers, I should say. But uh, clearly something works. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see if he brings that to the next tournaments in the Euro Tour. Yeah, um, I think that is all good. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout-out um, and some credit to Xander Shafley, who Tom previously mentioned, uh, who, many consider the, uh, to, who many consider the Open to be this com- his coming-out party, so to say, um, after being named the 2017 Rookie of the Year and also winning the 2017 Tour Championship. Uh, he shot a three-over on Sunday, um, and he finished uh, tied for that second slot amongst the game's best so got to give him credit there uh didn't actually get to catch it i was in the midst of moving so i'm extremely bummed but um if you guys have some more to kind of touch on his game on sunday would love to hear it uh he's a young stud um it's gonna be fun to just watch him like play you know as you said like this this little crop of 20 somethings we have I I personally am a speed fan, so like all day long, my my storyline to me um, started out anyways being speed and and Shoffley like going head to head and and just Shoffley sort of was was matching him shot for shot if not better, but uh, it turns out in the middle of the round, you know, both of these guys tripped up and and one man was left standing, and I think everyone felt that little that little tingle in their pants, and uh, you know Tiger Woods in his Sunday red was standing at the top of the leaderboard at 700 par, and I honestly thought it was about to be a completely different Open Championship. Um, the the roof would have blown off the fucking you know, house of, of every American golf fan and plenty of European golf fans um, had Tiger been able to get it done. But Carnoustie was, uh, was a tough little bitch on Sunday. Um, not many people were going low. You mentioned, you, uh, mentioned Pepperell. Uh, Justin Rose went super low. He shot six under, I think, to end up tied for second. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the story was Tiger, Spieth, Molinari, you know, who was going to be the last man standing. Un- unfortunately, it was not Tiger Woods. Uh, definitely, Molinari has been one of the hottest golfers in the world the last month and a half, two months. Um, he had won already two or three times, I think, on the uh, European tour coming into this. He was like 46 under in his last 11 rounds going into Sunday. Um, so truly one of the hottest golfers out there. He didn't miss a shot. He didn't make a bogey all weekend long, as was mentioned earlier. So hat, hats off to him. But let's talk about Tiger and his uh, his PGA hey, Championship hey, chances. Yeah, and Brent, just to be clear, that was no tingle in my pants. That was that was the, the real deal. The real deal. Full, <laughs> I was, full sensation. I was, it was full sensation. Uh one of the cool, I mean, dude, I felt like I was living in, I felt like I was back in like 20, you know, 2008 or 2009, whatever. Uh, unbelievable. And, you know, it's, it sucks that he made that, that double bogey on 13 or whatever it was. But just seeing him there, you know, you saw it was the highest rating since 2002, which was the last time I believe he won the, the Open. I, I might be getting my facts a little bit mixed up. But, hey, man, it, he needed to do it. You know, it, it's good to see that he's there, but it's also good to see that there's a lot of good young talent that's also capable of winning tournaments. Uh, you know, for the record, Xander Schauffele is not going to go anywhere. That dude's going to be a really good golfer. And for someone like yeah, that he's got young. He's a solid golf swing. 
he's got a great golf swing. For some of that young man, like they're gonna go through, they're gonna be in contention, but they're just not gonna have the mental fortitude to get it done. So he'll he'll learn from that. He'll get over it. Um, but yeah, for, you know, when's when's the PJ? Uh, two weeks. Yeah, it's uh, the weekend of August fourteenth. I want to say it is. Oh, so it's it's coming up a couple weeks. Just yeah. for the sake of conversation, to play devil's advocate, obviously we're all big Tiger fans um, and no trash talk. I just want to hear from you guys as to what your thoughts are on, you know, having won his last major in 2008. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of approaching a 10-year, you know, dry spell here. Do you think he's kind of past his peak? He's obviously one of the best to ever play, but... You know, do we do we see him ever wearing a jacket or holding up a cup, or do we kind of just see him fizzling out and double bogeying at the end of the round? Well, like really, right up until last year, uh, I would have said I don't think Tiger's ever going to win another major championship. But um, he got closer than he's been in a in a long, long time uh, this past weekend. I think had it been almost any other you know golf tournament. You know the British Open can just can just like level the playing field because of the conditions and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, so that was going to be a tough one to break through on, especially on a windy Sunday with a the most fucking packed leaderboard I've ever seen in my life. You know, sort of all of the odds against him. Um, I think if he's that close again, which you know if he's proved this year that he's capable of being that close in many golf tournaments, he's yet to really close one, but. Um, at this point, I think Tiger's going to win another major. I yep. don't know if it's going to be the PGA. You know, I would I would be taking a shot in the dark, but I'd say it's a, it's a good fucking chance. There's something about Tiger Woods, you know, Michael Jordan esque. All the greats sort of have it. I would say he would probably be at his best golf right after he had his closest taste, like he just had. You know, he's going to be hungry, and I yeah, would say Tiger sure. can capitalize. I think I think you just hit the nail on the head there saying he's going to be hungry. And I think when Tiger has that confidence, everyone else like in the field Watch has out. that has that like oh shit kind of, you know, the pressure's on now. Like Tiger's here, he's back. It was just a confidence thing. He got his confidence straight. Like look out for look out for Tiger. It's like forward. Austin Powers with his mojo. Austin Powers always defeats me because he has mojo. Mojo, mojo, the libido, the life force, the essence, the right stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, he lost right. his mojo, baby. <laughs> Harry, any last thoughts on Tiger? Yeah, I, I expect him to be, in, you know, in, in contention. You know, as long as he stays healthy, uh, I expect him to be in contention. PJ is going to be a really tough one. Uh, like Shake said, I think the the you know British Open tends to allow for someone like him to to be in the hunt because there's not guys like DJ who can just go out and birdie like you know eight holes in a golf you know eight holes in or uh, eight holes out of 18 holes and if you know what i mean like because tiger's a scrambler he's a, he's a he's he grinds out pars and he makes you know birdies when he can but you know it's good to see him back i love it man it's it's unbelievable that he's back and and you know getting top fives getting top tens so i've got i've got hope i've got hope but i'm gonna reserve that hope until maybe next year's majors very nice, very nice. Well, I think that's a good way to uh, end that segment and transition into the ML butt. So we've got something different that Tom has cooked up for you guys this week. Uh, we all know who sits atop the power rankings. We don't need to have Tom sit here and discuss how good the Boston Red Sox are. So let's play a new game this week, and it's going to call, uh, let's call it Contender versus Pretender. 
Uh, which teams have a legit shot at the playoff run? So, with the pair, with the powerhouses laid out, we won't dive into them too much, but we'll have Tom rip from the top here. Why don't you start us off? All right, so yeah, first off, I think the probably the biggest story from the first half has been the Washington Nationals and the basically just the disappointment that they've brought to baseball this year. They're currently, I mean, they, they're six games back in the NL East, uh, and while the Phillies and the Braves have both had, you know, great runs this season, uh, you know, the, the Nationals have the talent to be at the top of that division. There's really not any excuse for it. Um, it the only thing that I'll hold, you know, I'll hold again, or hold back on is the amount of injuries that they've dealt with. And when you have, you know, Bryce Harper is bound to heat up. He's he's only hitting two sixteen this year, but he's fucking Bryce Harper going into a contract year. Like he's gonna heat up. You have Cy Young candidate Max Scherzer. Strasburg just came back off the DL, and I I I'll label this team a contender just because of that talent. Uh, obviously, it's gonna depend on if they can get full health, fully healthy or not. But you know, assuming they can get healthy, look out for the Nationals to make a run here. Very nice, Brent. Why don't you take us away with the Atlanta Braves here? Um, well, you know, as a Braves fan, I would love to be the guy saying uh, that they are contenders, but I am going to have to step back and be a realist here, and I think the Braves obviously limped into the, um, you know, the All-Star game big time. I think they only won four out of their last ten games going into the All-Star break. They are slumping coming out. They just got the doors blown off of them by the uh, Marlins today. And um, I think the Braves are, are just pretenders. I mean, it's they unless they make a big signing, which they're not going to be able to do. Period. Uh, most importantly, they need to get someone on the mound. They have they have really no reliable ace. Period. Um, they're just going to be outpaced by the Phillies and the Nationals. Like Tom said, in the long run, the Nationals are are eventually going to find their stride. The Braves are you're seeing what they really are right now is in the meat of the season, you know, and they just they don't have what it takes. Yeah, I nice. think I, I think another pretender coming out of the National League is going to be the Brewers. Um for a lot of those same reasons. They came out of the all star game slumping and they're two and eight in their last ten games. Um no one on their pitching staff really scares me. And as a team in general, the Brewers have just been really inconsistent. Um, and they're actually like only five. They are, they're only playing 500 ball on the road. And when you're behind the Cubs and you're, you're going to have to pitch for that wild card spot, like being mediocre on the road doesn't bode well for you. So I'm going to label the Brewers as pretenders as well. Very nice. Harry Douglas, why don't you talk to us about the Mariners? Yeah, so, you know, regarding the Mariners, uh, and, and especially being a Yankee fan, um, and it looks like it's going to be like a wild card race at this point between the Mariners and the Yankees, uh, unfortunately, i got to put them in the contender role. Um, they've been playing excellent baseball, uh, and that's without one of their best players, Robinson Cano, who had his uh, performance-enhancing drug suspension. You know, he was out for 80 games, but that's up in about three weeks. Uh, August 14th, he's allowed to come back. Um, so that's going to you know, make their lineup that much scarier, that much better. He's a great fielder, too, a uh, great defensive player. Um, you know, and so he, he's going to come in. He's going to already he's gonna add to a lineup that ranks fourth in, in the AL in batting average. Um, and you combine that with their pitching staff, which is second in walks and fourth in ERA. 
you know, you're looking at a scary team that, you know, that can really, if they do make it in the wild card and they do make it, you know, into the playoffs, it's going to be a tough team to play. And, and, and you know, the likes of Boston and Houston are not going to want to run into them, uh, especially if they kind of hit that part of the season hot. Um, but like I said, it's going to be a wild card race. You know, they're behind Houston. Houston is the juggernaut of the MLB right now. Um, the A's are also good. I mean, that's, that's, that's not an easy division. No, yeah, that's, a, that's a great point. Definitely a, up there. Yeah, and that's a great point. But I think when it comes down to it, I think Seattle, at least on paper, and, and, and I know that doesn't say all that much, I think on paper Seattle is just the, the better team. Uh, you know, James Paxson, you know, when he's healthy, he, he's as dangerous as anyone. And, and they have a set of Kings Felix as well, who's, who's not been his old self, but he's still a really effective pitcher and a solid starting pitcher. So I'm, I'm, they're a contender for me. Um, I'm hoping the Yankees can hold them off, but we'll see. Well, it's safe to assume that the Dodgers uh, could potentially win this slot. They're the favorites here to win the NL West uh, after acquiring Manny Machado last week. Um, however, the entire division, minus the Padres, uh, are still within five games of, of each other, so it's still up for grabs for anybody here. Um, we'll keep you, obviously, in the loop next week, but it's obviously a little bit too earlier, early, I should say, to see... Uh, Who's going to come out of this division? What do you guys think about the Machado trade? It's a it's a half season loan, you know. With Cody Seager out, it was the right move, of course. And when you say half season know, loan, you think he's going to be a Yankee in 2019? No, I actually Ooh. don't because I just don't. Well, unless the Yankees want to get rid of Didi, but because he's not going to go to third base, uh, and Didi's you know really solid defensively. He's obviously had his, his struggles batting, but I mean any team's going to want him. But I don't think he'll end right. up with the Yankees when it's all said and done. I think it's a great move for the Dodgers. I mean, they, I think they're no matter what, they were going to probably prove themselves to be like, you know, the last man standing in that division in the long run. But I think this is just going to be sort of icing on the cake, and then it's going to make yeah. them, you know, they're capable of winning a playoff series or two. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that bat is huge, and no doubt. I, I, even even still, I I wouldn't put it past both the Rockies um, and the Diamondbacks making the playoffs as the final two wild cards. Um, this this division is just so it, – it can be up and down at times, but right now they're all three teams are playing well, um, and they're turning it on at the right time. So I wouldn't be surprised if all three of these fucking teams make the playoffs yeah. and the, Gi- the Giants will just be forced out, you know, you know, odd man out in that sense. Before we transition off of uh, the MLB, we were talking about it a little bit earlier before uh, we started recording, but any thoughts on this new trade coming from the Orioles to the Yankees? Uh, yeah, so uh, Zach Britton, the you know, middle long relief guy for the Orioles, was just traded in the middle of the game tonight to the New York Yankees, um, and the move was strictly to spite the Boston Red Sox and prevent <laughs> them from getting you know that back end arm that they need because the Red Sox are in Baltimore right now and our GM is down there actively trying to bring this guy back to Boston and the Yankees just said no way you're coming with us this year um, so how, how, pulled, how mad the do you think the GM right is out from underneath us how mad do you think the GM is right now sitting in the box and he just Dombrowski lost the, the... is pr- he's probably already <laughs> left Dude. he probably saw that tweet stood up 
And got out. And got yeah. out. It just the, left. The but last yeah. thing we have to say is how fucking laughably bad the Baltimore Orioles are. They are twenty-eight Awful. and seventy-three. We they're just forty-two and a half games back. It's a, it's a fire sale too. I mean, they're just getting rid of everyone. They're cleaning house. It's it's insane. You just you well, hate to see that. Yeah, you always hate to see it. It's never a good thing. Well, let's transition into banner here. We got some good stuff for you tonight. Uh, first thing on the docket, the NFL, we're only 43 days away. Let's go. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. Save your money. Money in the bank. Yeah. Shout out what you drink. I got money in the bank. Yeah. Shout out what you drink. Let's fucking go. Breaking news. Literally only happened about 30 minutes before we started recording. Cleveland quarterback Baker Mayfield has agreed to a four-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. And we've got some bold predictions for you. Harry Douglas? Uh, I think you meant to say backup quarterback Baker Mayfield signed a four-year mm. deal with the Cleveland Browns. For now. He is not. If you think Baker Mayfield is going to start the season, you are outside of your mind. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to, I'm go, I'm going to call a doctor and tell him to check up on you. Because you're talking <laughs> about a veteran in Tyrod Taylor who's mobile. He led a, a, let's be honest, a garbage Buffalo Bills team. Besides shady, you know, they had some players, but more or less garbage team to the playoffs last year. Uh, and he's he's capable, dude. You 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 put Tyrod Taylor with the weapons that they've got. Let Baker Mayfield sit and learn, right? I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't think he needs to. Uh, I don't think he needs to start per se. It's it's unfortunate. It's like uh, I think I feel like the NFL really went from like a quarterback deficit league um, in to like quarterback surplus league in no time. It's like uh, everyone sort of has has like semi competent guys and like these these young who, quarterbacks who everyone seems to be pretty confident and get have a chance to like sit back and watch. Tyrod is one of those guys that I respect a lot that it seems like a lot of people just don't. But I think he is a, sort of the perfect guy for Baker Mayfield to sit back and watch. You know, a, a guy who, like, consciously manages the offense all the time, you know, who takes mm-hmm. care of the football, which is, you know, one of the things that when you when you get a super, like, active quarterback like Baker Mayfield, like, maybe the number one concern is taking care of the football. So probably the best guy he could learn from is Tyrod Taylor, you know. Um, but – all the while, I'm I'm still going to be fucking ready to see him take the field, see what he's got. Um, extremely electrifying player. I I think he's going to translate well to the NFL. So obviously, Harry, you don't think he's going to be throwing the pigskin uh, at game one, but do you think he will be able to obtain that uh, it's all, starting QB position it, by the end of the season? Yeah, and that's kind of the, it's it's a good question. Uh, it's really just going to be a product of of the team's overall success. Right, like I think the I think the Browns are going to make a much bigger splash than people are giving them credit for with the, with the, the pieces that they put in place. Coaching is going to be a lot of the key, but um, you know if they come down to week thirteen, fourteen, and and they're they've only got two or three wins, yeah, of course he's going to go in. Yeah, but if there's if they're at like seven wins, eight wins, uh, you know, and they've got maybe a long, even if it's like a ten percent chance to make the playoffs. They'll probably keep Tyrod in, you know, in my opinion, you know, but it's going to be yeah. a product of the team's overall success. Yeah. Tom, any thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think, uh, like, you know, he might get in a game or two or some snaps, 
But I think Tyrod is going to man this ship for the most of this year. He is in the last year of his deal, so Tyrod's gone anyway. So, I mean, if they're paying the guy, they might as well get his worth. Um, And I think, sort of like Brent hit on, it's been a quarterback-heavy league, or like, you know, surplus, like you said. Everyone except for the Browns, and they've just been forced to just draft and then pitch a kid into the fire and start him week one. And I think, like, you know, with this new coaching staff and all the, like, the pieces around them, they're going to take their time with Baker, groom him how they want, and as a result, he's just not going to see that much time this year. I'll tell you, we'll we'll see some time this year. (laughs) Lamar Jackson. Who's that? Yes. Yes, I was just about to say. What are our our thoughts? (laughs) Is Joe Flacco going to be QB1 in Baltimore after this year? Joe Flacco should quit now and just give up, <laughs> hang the cleats up, dude. This dude has been the biggest regression in NFL talent. And, you know, that's even considering Aaron Hernandez. Joe Flacco has regre- <laughs> regressed more than Aaron Hernandez. Jesus. That's insane take. He right stinks. Scor- scorching hot take. Dude, the Ravens have been awful for the last three years. And it's time... For the like, like you know, we hit on this in the draft preview. Lamar Jackson is a Heisman-winning quarterback. This dude can ball, and he's just the type of player that needs to come into a, a team like Baltimore and light a fire under that ass of everyone in the offense and just get the team going in the right direction. I think you're going to see him take the field in a lot of uh, a lot of like sort of playmaker type situations early on in the season, and. Um, Basically, as soon as things aren't going well for the Ravens, which everyone knows they're not going to go well pretty quickly um, because the Ravens yeah, are they're, terrible. They're, they're not a very good football team, if we're being honest. Well, speaking of guaranteed and not so much garbage, <clears throat> Senor Todd Gurley just signed a four-year extension for 60 mil with a $45 million guarantee. Um, this just was released today and he's been praised by a plethora of individuals in the NFL a majority of them are obviously running backs uh, seeing as running backs have notoriously been known to kind of be underpaid in in the NFL so would love to hear your guys take on this I know there's been people like Bell who have been on on the fringe of signing because of this so I want to hear what you guys think yeah I'm first off shout out Todd Gurley because of him just kind of stepping up. Because uh, if you remember two years ago, everyone kind of looked at him like, you know, what what the hell was that? Uh, and he had a very disappointing season. But last year was a bounce back. Uh, and he, you know, he was the most effective back in the NFL. And, you know, he deserves the money he got. And uh, unfortunately for everybody else that's praising him are the same people that are also all in contract negotiations right now with their teams. So they're like, yeah, thanks for setting the bar. Now, as a veteran, I'm going to ask for way more than you. So that's why, like, Bell's chirping him. He's like, thanks, bro. I see you. Now I'm going to get me my 85 mil. Yeah. Uh, You know, thanks. He said, he tweeted something along the lines of, they they thought, y'all thought I was tripping. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, on, on one hand, I agree. I'm happy with him. But all these NFL players are just chirping them strictly because it means they're getting paid. That's what that's all about. What do you think, Dickie? Uh, I think it's I think it's awesome. 
you know, everyone's talking about how running backs are going to become obsolete. Um, so in addition to all of these running backs who are in contract negotiation, we also have another gentleman in contract negotiation and holding out, Mr. Julio Jones. We'd love to hear what you guys think about this. Uh, I guess recent reports have said that he will not be attending camp. Um, and obviously it's all in the you know better good of getting paid that money. But want to hear what you guys think about what his move is, what his thought process is. Obviously you're not in his head, but want to hear what you think. Uh, all I have to say is pay the man. Dude, he's a beast. He is the all-time leader in reception yards per game. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. All-time. I'm talking Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, fucking you name him. Julio Jones is on top of that list. That is absurd that he's only been playing for seven years and he just demands that respect in the league like he does, like. This guy's the most valuable target ever. Pay what do you him. think his value is? What's his worth? I don't know if what you're he's looking asking. At somebody like, if you're looking at somebody like Evans, what do you think that he is eligible for or worth? If, so if Evans right now is getting paid 82, Julio should be $100 million. I, I, I would say probably 90, 90 to 90, I don't know, $93 million, somewhere in there. Harry, what's your thoughts on Julio's worth? Uh, you know, he's going to get... Just t- in general, him him holding back and negotiating contract, all of it. I think he's, uh, it's kind of tough, right? Because he, he had a down year. Um, so it's kind of... He doesn't exactly hold all the cards, so to speak. But he's going to get top five money because getting a, a wide receiver such as, you know, with like the stature of him and with the skill and, and, and everything he possesses isn't really that easy to come by. For, for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem like getting a, a wide receiver like him is, is very easy to do anymore. Uh, or I don't even know if it ever was. But he's going to get top five money. Um, we'll see how long this holdout goes. But without him, like, what do they have? Like, Mohamed Sanu becomes, like, their number one receiver, right? Like, so they, they go down the shitter. So that's where he does hold some of the cards is, is he's the main point on, in their offense besides Devonta Freeman. Heard that. I heard that. Well, I think uh, with the NFL only 43 days away and the amount of coverage that we will be doing once the season kicks off, we can go ahead and transition into what is also known as football. Uh, FIFA has released their nominations for the top 10 players, and there's a lot of disagreements with it. Neymar was not one of the individuals who made the list. Um, Quickly just going to run down here. De Bruyne, Ronaldo, Griezmann, Hazard, Kane, Mbappe, and Messi are the top ten individuals. Want to hear what you guys uh, think about that as regard in regards to this top ten player list? Neymar not making it, and just overall these players and and how they fall. Well, real quick in regards to that top ten, I only heard seven. You did. So who are the other yeah. three? You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the, the other three suck. So- soccer is soccer is fun. I like soccer. Uh, Those are my thoughts. <laughs> That's great. Love that. Um, I, I don't know who the other three are. It doesn't. Whatever. 
Uh, it makes sense. It's it, those guys kind of stand out. I'm curious. It, this must factor in the World Cup, and that must play some sort of role into why Neymar's not in the list, right? It has to. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or people are just done with the shenanigans. I mean, like, obviously his stats and his, you know, everything about him proves that he is a top 10 player, but... I think he was also... I think he was sick of his shit. Yeah, I think he was injured for a fair amount of this past season at PSG. Um, And that definitely plays into it. And and I'm just trying to remember because it's been a while since the season ended, but... You know, he put up some stats, but, you know, if you don't play a full season, it's kind of hard to put you in there. Like, you can't put a guy in the top 10 of, of any sport when he didn't play half the season, right? Because the stats just aren't there. He might be... Unless you're J.J. Watt. <laughs> Unless you're J.J. Watt, yeah. So, I apologize for that. The last three candidates are Modric, Salah, and Bahrain. Ron. Oh, yeah. Oh, Salah, my dude. Yeah, so this must this must put into account... Obviously, Mo Salah was one of the best players if not the best player in the world this past year uh or this past season for liverpool um and obviously didn't really do much in the in the world cup because you know it came off the, the shoulder injury and, and egypt sucks in general so you know not really much to expect there but it all makes sense to me uh, you know it's interesting it's it's you know something to look at i guess for a second and then move on with that being all on the fifa nominations for top 10 players we can transition straight into brain teasers. This is something new that I threw in here. Usually we do a would you rather or, uh, you know, something along those lines. But this week I brought in a brain teaser, quick and easy for you. Johnny's mother had three children. The first child was named April. The second child was named May. What was the third child's name? June. <laughs> Tom? Uh, uh, no, the third child's name was Johnny. Bingo. You gotta you gotta use your brain here. That's why it's a brain teaser. <laughs> Johnny's mother had three children. The first was named April, the second uh, was named May. What was the third child's name? Oh. There you go. That's oh. why Tom's getting a PhD and we're not. Yeah, IQ on a hundred trillion now. Check me out. <laughs> nice. Well, um that is what I've got for brain teasers. Short little banner segment. We can just go ahead and close out tonight with a buzzer beater. Tom, I know you've got a hot take. Uh, yeah, I actually have one good one and then uh, another personal quickie. Uh, shout out to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I know we didn't throw them in earlier, but they've won 10 games in a row and are about to beat the Cleveland Indians for their 11th consecutive win in a row. Um, and basically overnight, this team has went from a bunch of nobodies. like They don't really have an all-star or, or a big-name player, but they're getting shit done. And they're a potential playoff candidate for that NL Central. They're right behind the Brewers, who they've just taken to the fucking wood chipper this year in head-to-head play. Um, so shout out to them boys from Pittsburgh and keep an eye out for them. Um, and then secondly, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my sister, who recently, or I should say, is going to be a soon college graduate and landed this job at a bridal boutique. Um, and the store just got picked up for a reality show on TLC called I Found the Gown. So my sister is <laughs> going to be famous pretty much. Keep an eye out for her, too. Epic. Nice Epic. job, well, Tom's sister. you can ride that fame. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Congratulations. 
kick kick Tom to the curb when he comes begging. Oh, she doesn't listen to this. We're good. <laughs> good, good. All right, Harry, what do you got for uh, us? Uh, yeah, I got one one quick thing. Uh, I, I'm going to give a shout out to the what I would call the bonehead of the week, potentially the bonehead of the year, Ryan Lochte, for pretty much year. S- year. for the year. Uh, you know, this is a culmination of just stupid decision making, dating all the way back to the last uh, Olympics or whatever the hell it was when he got uh, when he was in Brazil. Um, and so what he did is he self incriminated himself by posting a picture on Instagram of him getting an IV with his girlfriend at some sports rehabilitation center. Uh, that's a big no-no uh, in the international sports world. So now he's suspended for 14 months um, and not allowed to compete in any sort of competition because of IB doping. Uh, and so I, I just want to give a quick shout-out to him. Nice job, you bonehead. Uh, keep putting more IVs in you. So for, clar- so for clarification... The reason he got in trouble, just so everybody knows, is that the IV is allowed in certain circumstances for therapeutic reasons and only, you know, a certain amount of dosage or whatever they consider, you know, the quantity that they're putting into the athlete. Not only did he take a picture that exposed the quantity that was going into his body, uh, but he also had absolutely zero therapeutic reasons. So the guy was fucked on two levels. Um, and, and just from the get-go, I feel like this guy should just have everything that is social media and phone and technology-related taken away from him because he just continues to pull bonehead moves. Here's a little fun fact for all you health gurus. Banging your head against the wall for one hour a day burns 150 calories, so get started. <laughs> Excellent. Brent, what do you got for us, kid? Uh, I don't exactly have any trivia or anything, so I'm just going to go with an old classic throwback. I hope everyone here is a um, a fan of the Tribe Called Quest. So check the rhyme, and we will catch you next week.
Right now, fight is a point sayer. At times, I'm a studio conveyor. Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor? You'll be doing us a really big favor. Boy, this track really has a lot of flavor. When it comes to rhythms, quest is your savior. Follow us for the funky behavior. Make a note on the rhythm we gave you. Feel free, drop your pants, check your hair. Do you like the garments that we wear? Doesn't matter. 